This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Rise above and be in control with today's business headlines, driven by Volvo Cars. You're with myself, Julian Ng, and Joyce Go of the Morning Run, and we're discussing the day's uh, top business news. Uh, Joyce, uh, mm-hmm. this is, as you say, a story that plays uh, on itself. Uh, it spawns uh, just more and more stories coming out. So the uh, U.S. Justice Department has presented evidence on Friday that one of its officials helped funnel funds sourced from JOLO into the U.S. That's right. So this guy named George Higginbotham, who left the DOJ in August, pled guilty to using shell companies to bring about 74 million US dollars into the US. And according to court papers, the money was to fund a lobbying effort that sought to influence the department's investigations into 1MDB. Now, I, I'm sure you've heard of MO1, but I mm. bet you haven't heard of Individual One, right? Oh, Which is what uh, the DOJ suit uh, refers to, uh, who matches up to the description of one Elliot Broidy, who's a friend of U.S. President Donald Trump. And uh, this document shows that Broidy, who's a Republican fundraiser, engaged in contract uh, to negotiate to represent Jolo in well, 2017, actually. Well, Julian, yeah, you know this story, just, it's just the things that come out day by day. So recently now, what we're hearing is that the news articles are saying is that the suit describes a campaign by Jolo to move money into the U.S. to pay off people claiming that they could quash the 1MDB probe. And the effort into the U.S. was led by entertainment and businessman, businessman Pras Michel of the Fugees. Know him? <laughs> wow. According Are you serious? To the yeah. And uh, so Pras Michel and Higginbotham allegedly met with Jolo in September last year and decided the best way to channel the funds into the US was to claim that they were for entertainment purposes, in air quotes, entertainment purposes. Okay, so he can both um, allegedly um, lied uh, to a lot of questions. Uh, when the US banks began to ask questions about uh, the funds being transferred, mm. uh, some of the banks that he can both um, uh, lied to included Citibank, Morgan Stanley, and City National Bank of California. I'm sure some of uh, the, the very big banks in the US. Uh, and also, Mich- Michel then would pass money to individuals one and two, mysterious people. So individual one, I guess, is widely believed to be this Elliot Brody, who is a Republican fundraiser and associate of Donald Trump. Also, Julian, remember the Wall Street Journal previously reported that Brody had been negotiating with Jolo to earn as much as 75 million US dollars in fees if the Justice Department quickly drops its 1MDB investigations. Okay, a lot of money there to buy, yeah. I guess, more art, more yachts and <laughs> so on. Um now, uh, there's, there's some uh, related uh, story to this, uh, which is that Goldman uh, is taking another 1MDB blow as the Fed is said to be setting up a probe. Yeah, so I think the Fed is looking into how executives manage to dodge internal controls to help raise billions of dollars for 1MDB. And Bloomberg says this is according to people brief on the matter. And, uh, you know, as Goldman Sachs' main regulator, the Fed has brought authority to impose penalties or changes on the bank. And I think in a statement, the Fed Reserve said that it would refer criminal violations to the Department of Justice and exercise its own enforcement powers where warranted. I think the whole house of cards is uh, sort of tumbling mm. after, uh, you know, Goldman's former Southeast Asia boss, Tim Leisner, pled guilty to conspiring to launder a lot of money and bribing foreign officials in Malaysia as well as uh, in the Middle East. And in doing so, Leisner has admitted that he hid details of the transactions from Goldman's legal and compliance staff. I'm, I'm just 
wondering um, how this, what kind of light uh, this would put Goldman Sachs in, right? Whether this is the kind of culture that is normal uh, in the practices. Well, Julian, you know, Leisner actually said that his behavior was in line with Goldman's culture. So he said that. And uh, the US Justice Department also noted this prioritization of deals over compliance at Goldman, particularly in Southeast Asia. So what uh, this news article is saying is that they prioritize deals more than compliance. That's quite scary for a bank. It is scary and mm. uh, it's not lost on market investors as Goldman Sachs has lost a quarter of its value after falling again on Friday uh, and uh, Goldman Sachs right now being hit on all sides. Also, I think, uh, Joyce, there is another um, um, more uh, suggestions for lawsuits coming up uh, mm. from uh, a local DAP lawmaker, no less. Yeah, so Lim Lip Eng, Member of Parliament for Kepong, said 1MDB should consider suing its former directors for damages. Lim said 1MDB's former bosses could have money stashed away globally and that, you know, the fund could apply for an injunction to freeze these assets. I think that t- taking the cue from FGV's uh, recent lawsuit uh, where FGV has filed uh, FGV Holdings, that is, has filed lawsuit against uh, former Chairman Tan Sri Muhammad Isa Abdul Samad, as well as former Group President CEO Datuk uh, Muhammad, uh, Muhammad Ami Marvani. Yeah, they're seeking $7.7 million, right? Oh, yeah. Actually, I think Lim also brought up the possibility of 1MDB suing its former auditors for damages. Remember, if you look at the history of 1MDB's auditors, Jill, I think they went through quite a number. Correct. Revolving door, there was uh, Ernst and Young uh, was first uh, audit, uh, external auditor for 1MDB. Uh, they were sacked after refusing to sign off and KPMG took over in September 2010 and had its contract terminated about three years later. Uh, Deloitte was sub- subsequently appointed but resigned uh, and then... Um, uh, 1MDB actually appointed UK-based Parker Randall in January of this year and is currently being audited by PwC. I'm not sure if uh, the, uh, the auditors are very much culpable in this case because they, they had refused to sign off, right? So they were they were actually doing their jobs. The first two, yeah. For Deloitte was, I think, in this case, was they resigned in 2016 after USDOJ lodged its complaint against the fund. So a lot of this is also like with new information coming to light. Perhaps the auditors say, oh, you know, we now have new information and we cannot be auditors anymore pursuant to all these new information. Absolutely. Um, 8.53 a.m. Uh, we have some, um, uh, quite a bit of media news mm. as well, uh, because in the headlines is that, uh, uh, wow, in... Uh, wow? Me- yeah. In, is there enough wow in uh, Media Prima's TV ah, shopping? Okay. This is in the light of Media Pre- Prima's latest round of retrenchment. Many are asking what is uh, media, media premium up uh, premium up to in its future uh, to safeguard its growth. Yeah, so according to the Edge, uh, the answer could be CJ Wow Shop. So this is a home shopping joint venture with South Korean CJ Group that uh, Media Prima has. And sources told the Edge that Media Prima will be allocating more slots for its direct to home shopping programs on its TV stations, as the segment is showing a lot of promise. So since its launch in 2016, CJ Wow has become one of Media Prima's most uh, biggest uh, sources of revenue. Um, and I think that's not surprising because uh, a lot of uh, competition for content has gone to other places, mm. right? Uh, people are sourcing more of the entertainment online. They're consuming entertainment in very different ways from the likes of YouTube and Netflix and even Facebook, right? Facebook has a lot of 
uh, videos right now. So it's not a surprise that just by default, uh, you know, the content of Media Prima uh, making way to CJ Wow. Yeah, and, and well, although this segment is making a lot of, I mean, it's raking in revenue, I think the group uh, is still loss making. But what you're saying is that the home shopping segment recorded a fast limit loss compared to other segments. So I guess this is for them, this could be the potential uh, push for them to, to improve their earnings because definitely the earnings of Media Prima has been hit as with other media, a lot of other media sec, uh, media players out yeah. there here in Malaysia. So the, what we could be seeing now is, you know, could, could it be a matter of time before more airtime on TV be given to segments that turns in the profit? Yeah, okay. And also... Uh, the, I guess the question that's being raised right now is uh, whether there'll be more retrenchments after mm. the the one that we saw last week uh, because Media Prima subsidiary, uh, Television Malaysia gave 190 employees three months uh, three months retrenchment notice. I think this was the third round of downsizing by Media Prima in five years, Julian. So it's definitely uh, you know it's it's not just uh, limited to Media Prima. I think it's a uh, it's happening all over in the media industry. I spoke to Dato Wong Jun Wai from the Malay Mill and he shared the challenges of uh, the media industry and how he expected uh, retrenchment. This was last year. He he actually predicted there'll be more than, I mean, a lot of jobs going to be cut this year. Is it year. from Malay Mill or the star? Malay Mill. He's talking about just the whole media All industry right, as okay. a whole. He predicted that last year and it is happening this year. If you missed the interview, you can listen to it on the BFM app. Fantastic. And uh, he, Wong Chun-Wai is certainly not someone who is retrenched, but he's uh, retiring oh, from Oh, this is the CEO and star, group MD of Star Media. Uh, mm. Star Media, right? It's, uh, as of January 1st, uh, 2019, oh, he so would no longer be with the star. Yeah, so this is Dato Sri Wong Chun Wai. The person I spoke to on media was Dato Wong Wong Sai Wan from okay, Malay Mail. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Dato Sri Wong Chun Wai will be retiring effective January 1st, 2019. He's leaving the company after 34 years. And the last five years, he was CEO and Group MD. So he's kind of like a star lifer. I think he worked his way yeah, up. all his life. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. yeah. And um, he said, I think the news that he's going to continue to serve as group advisor on editorial and corporate relations matters. I think people are still waiting for a successor. There still has not been any name yet. But looking at their earnings, Julian, I think their net profit fell 99% on year to 1.6 million ringgit for the third quarter. This is the most recent quarter. Yeah. Um, and also, I think... Uh, I'm sure that media companies like the Star also at the crossroads as to what to do with all the competition, like Media Prima, right? They would have to think of what else to do. I think many times in the past, uh, Joyce, you, you and I have spoken about uh, their, their new ventures. Mm. Uh, I guess uh, those will, will feature quite well as well. Yeah, if you look at Star's net profit, it's been on a decline from 2014. It was 11, 111 million ringgit. It's dropped to 7 million ringgit for 2017. Uh, let's look quickly at this news. MHB Malaysia Airports uh, demands Arija cough up uncollected airport taxes. Yeah, so this story is in the Edge Weekly. I think the long-running dispute between MHB and AirAsia Group and AirAsia X regarding the two airlines' uh, outstanding airport taxes for international departures, that has been reignited. I think there's a possibility now of a legal battle up in the air. So the tax has been set at 73 bucks, uh, and uh, AirAsia has been charging passengers only 50 
fifty bucks uh, uh, rate. So there is that twenty three difference uh, to make up for. Mm. And now, uh, of course, uh, they you know they're disputing that amount. Yeah, I think for context, from July to end September, Air Asia X carried some one point five million passengers. Air Asia Group carried ten point eight million passengers. But uh, note that these figures included departures from other countries as well. So we can't really get an how much you know could be owed. But what they're looking at is a twenty five. Dollar, a twenty-five, a twenty-three ringgit difference for each passenger. So this, as a background, uh, came from the Malaysian Aviation Commission, where an equalisation exercise uh, was done, and that's when the new mm. rates uh, came into effect. Okay, uh, we are coming up uh, to the nine o'clock hour, and the news is coming on, and we'll have uh, news from uh, the stock market after the news at nine a.m. BFM eighty-nine point nine. Keeping you on track for peak business performance with the new Volvo XC40, the expression of innovation. Volvo, made by Sweden. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.